There is nothing wrong with participating in the musical Cats. If anything, it makes you, um, it's a very masculine thing to perform in a theater production of the musical Cats. Because you learn a lot of different things. You learn how to do your own makeup. Yeah. Now, I was pretty impressive. I could do my makeup on the inside of my eyelids, mm -hmm. not just the outside. Yeah. Like the the um, the eyeliner. Mm -hmm. I could do both. Yeah. And you know who else did makeup? Kiss. Kiss did their own makeup. Yeah. Every single time. Wrestlers. The wrestler Sting did their own makeup. I learned how to do my own makeup okay. when I was in the high school production of Cats. Yeah. And I think that high school musicals help people to become better public speakers. Yeah. And so everyone should do a high school musical. You know Meatloaf, the singer? Yeah, I do. He was dared into doing a musical yeah. when he lost a bet. And he was really good at it. And he found out he could sing. Okay. Musicals are cool, especially Cats. What do you think? Well, I mean, Nick, we were just talking about what we wanted for dinner after recording the podcast. I don't know why you've gotten so defensive or where this is coming from. But um, you, you doing okay with it, buddy? All I'm saying <laughs> is that musical theater is a part should be a part of a well-rounded uh, growing up, a, a well-rounded uh, childhood. And it should not be made fun of the, if someone like screenshots a picture on your Facebook and then shares it with people. Yeah. No, I mean, I wouldn't do that to somebody. Um, uh, did you like wearing like the leotard? Was that fun? No. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I, we won't get into the modesty thing, but like, man, that, that was form fitting. It was my senior year of high school and I did that. And one of my, one of my uh, high school teens showed me a picture of me and said, is this you? <laughs> and I was like, oh no, how did you find that? Well, they go to the same high school that I did and oh. they found it from someone. And then I got brutally made fun of by high schoolers. Wow. Hello and welcome to a Nick Sharapa episode <laughs> of Clerically Speaking. I'm Nick Sharapa. And I'm Father Anthony. Um, and we're recording at your house. Yes. Uh, Indy has uh, fallen asleep, so it'll be hopefully no baby noises. Yeah. And hopefully not because we don't like baby noises. It would just mean that she woke up. That would be a thing. Right. That is just a statement of fact. Yes. Yeah. You're not passing judgment on babies making noises. No, no, not at all. Especially at mass. Literally, if we um, recorded earlier, I was going to have an indie segment, mm -hmm. and I was going to make you make a bumper and just see, like, indie eating the microphone. So it'd be great, great <laughs> content. Be, she'd go like, <laughs> I've come up with some one-liners for when parishioners get mad that my daughter makes noise, my, my seven-month-old daughter. Uh-huh. Uh, like if someone's like, if, if someone gives me a mean look, like, why is that baby making noise? I'll be like, Jesus said, let the children come to me. Yeah. And I'll just glare at them. <laughs> I'm like, are you going to take my baby away from Jesus? Or if they glare at me, another one that I've come up with, because I, I have to, because it, it took me off guard because I didn't think it would actually happen. No. The other one was like, would you go in the manger and tell Jesus to shut up? <laughs> would you? <laughs> he came as a baby. I think those are the two things yeah. without being too like me to making a personal attack, which is my next temptation. But, uh, you know, it's funny. I was saying mass the other day and it was, I think our 11, no, it was some evening mass, something like that. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'm really good at ignoring distractions and all that stuff. And like, if I can preach without notes 
and keep going when there are kids screaming in the church, then you can listen. You know, yeah. there's some effort. Um, but uh, it was during the Eucharistic prayer, and it sounded like someone was just like torturing this baby. <laughs> the baby was having none of it. The entire Eucharistic prayer, the long one. <laughs> It took everything I could not to laugh because our church is this big echoey church yeah. and the baby was just a sad baby. <laughs> and so I'm like doing the whole Eucharistic prayer and it's like echoing off the walls. I felt so sorry for the parents because they're all kneeling and you can't just get out of the pew if you're in the middle of the pew. You're stuck no. there. You're stuck there for all no. the Eucharistic prayer one. The poor baby. No, if you're retired, don't sit a- <laughs> don't sit on the end seat mm. sit in the middle so that the parents can sit on the end seat and leave if things get yeah. too crazy your church is big and echoey it is um i remember i went to adoration there once and it was just me and like a couple other people and i kind of had a fart i'm like well <laughs> i really hope you gotta get this the right, is a you gotta silent get, one you gotta get the right lean you gotta i i don't have much of a technique i just kind of roll the dice <laughs> Like it, it is what it is. I've never thought about. I, if you have a technique, good Anthony, good Father Anthony, that's good. I mean, you have to, because um, like people can't know that the silent fart. and dead. <laughs> you can't know that. Nick. What girls don't fart and priests don't fart? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, geez. In our family, girls toot and guys fart. Oh, is that the rule? That's the rule. Yeah. Um, but luckily, it was a silent and deadly, and there wasn't anyone around me. So you didn't kill anybody. I didn't kill anyone. But that's the worst when you're working in your office and then someone comes in, like unexpectedly, because your door open you're like no go away for a second it's <laughs> i thought i was safe there's white noise machines in our church hallways so that no one can hear private conversations and then you know someone tiptoes around the corner and has to smell my did we introduce the podcast yet? you did you did and you are just bringing the content today <laughs> yeah uh, nick yeah so um speaking of masculinity because that's what we talked about when you began just how masculine cats are um started uh, I went back to the gym for the first time in like four weeks. Good for is, you. Which is always miserable because it's just sad to see how weak I am. Mm. Um, but on the plus side, I'm working on my my playlist. And I have various uh, kind of power metal, um, people screaming kind of stuff. That's what I like to listen to. But there's one guy I found, this guy, Dan Vask. Uh, he does a bunch of metal covers of stuff. And I played for you before the podcast opened his cover of I'll Make a Man Out of You from the from Mulan. And it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I don't know what it is about um, people screaming at you, but it does make me want to work harder. But in this rendition of the song, he's like, how could I make a man out of you? <laughs> he's got like that tremolo it's rock. It's so good. <laughs> And also, for anybody who wants to listen to something cool, um, Equilibrium does a musical cover of um, the, what's it called? What's the game I play? Oh. Oh, this is the stuff I normally edit out. Yeah. I guess you're not going to. I'm going to leave it in now. Um, Elder Scrolls um, Skyrim. So, it, Himmelstrand. So, look out. Look up Equilibrium. It's amazing. I didn't understand any of the last sentence you That's said. That's fair. Those are just um, words to me. Yeah. I played Roller Coaster Tycoon. In high school, you still play roller coaster tycoon. Yeah. <laughs> Although I just got back uh, from a trip with um, my teens, we took them from Pittsburgh to uh, Cedar Point, and I rode roller coasters for the first time since high school. And I like roller coasters; they're actually really fun. When you put your hands up in the air, it's a freedom that, like, if you grab the roller coaster, I learned this. Yeah. It 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 stinks because it tosses you around. But if you're like if you let go of the tension in your body mm-hmm. and you just let the the coaster take you for a ride, it's so nice. Yeah. 
it's like we like to hold on to our newer traditions, like these new uh, podcast bumpers. But I'm proud to announce the return of the Summa Tweetologica. Summa Tweetologica. Summa Tweetologica. Summa Tweetologica. I said you could start with our like cold open. I didn't say you could like take over the podcast. Yep. <laughs> All right. Our first tweet comes from at Madonna. <laughs> what? Hello at Pontiff X, Francis. I'm a good Catholic. I swear. I mean, I don't swear. It's been a few decades since my last confession. Would it be possible to meet up one day and discuss some important matters? Question mark. I've been excommunicated three times. It doesn't seem fair. Sincerely, Madonna. So, so what are your impressions of this tweet? There's, there's a lot going on. Let, let's just break it down <laughs> sentence by sentence. Hello at Pope Francis. She is, she's adding the Pope. She's, she's being polite, though. She said hello. Yeah. Uh, I'm a good Catholic. I swear. I mean, I don't swear. Is That's this kind of like the, oh, you Wasn't know. Wasn't she into like some sort of like Jewish thing? Like Kabbalah or whatever I forget what it's called. I'm, I'm not too. I don't, I don't know. Okay. I know that her name is like a family name. Like lots of people in her family are named Madonna. Interesting. And oh, it's yeah. probably because they're Madonna. Italian yeah. mm -hmm. uh, Catholics. Like Lady Gaga. But uh, I swear, I mean, I don't swear. Is, uh -huh. Like uh -huh. she's uh -huh. like, is swearing a sin? I wouldn't swear in the presence of the Pope. At the very least, it's impolite. <laughs> you wouldn't give like a hell yeah, Pope Francis. Well, I can't. I don't know what I would do in the presence of Pope Francis. Because I am me, and if he said something dope, I might be like, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he keeps going, it's been a few decades since my last confession. Okay. I feel like she 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 wants to go to confession. I mean, she can, but she doesn't have to go to the freaking Pope. But if you're Madonna... No, if you're Madonna, you're not allowed to speak to the Pope. You have to go to some no-name parish priest... <laughs> I don't know. You go behind the screen. This tweet no one knows has who you are. Nineteen thousand likes on it. I think that deserves at least like a, a telephone from Pope Frank. You know. Oh, it, uh, so you get an audience with the Pope if your tweets are fire enough? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you didn't delete your Twitter, you might have met the Pope. You know, for some nice tequila. That's the news. He says he likes tequila. I would love to drink tequila with the Pope. Uh, yeah, that'd be amazing. Too. I think. Oh, man. What's the Pope's favorite tequila? I want to know that and get some. He's from Argentina. I don't know. I don't know. But then the next part of the tweet yeah. is, she wants to discuss some important matters. Okay. What uh, do you think Madonna wants to discuss with the Pope? Um, she's doing a new cover of The Massive Creation, and she wants his <laughs> approval. The Madonna version of The Massive Creation. Probably that. I think so. And then the last part is, I've been excommunicated three times. Can you be excommunicated three times? I mean, if you were 
excommunicated and then welcomed back to the church and excommunicated again and then welcomed back to the church. What's your excommunicated? It's like, um, I got kicked out of the house three times. Well, did you enter back into the house? No. Then you were kicked out of the house one time. <laughs> I just want to know who excommunicated her. Was it like a bishop? I of don't her diocese? know. So, I mean, I will leave this to the canon lawyers, uh, but there are things you can do to get yourself excommunicated without an official proclamation. Mm. So it's just like by doing this thing, you are de facto excommunicated. Wow. But you can't get like double excommunicated or like triple dog excommunicated. <laughs> like it's just you are excommunicated and that's it. Here's a question. Okay. I worked for the National Catholic Reporter at one point. Yeah. And I don't know if this is true. I didn't actually look it up because I just think some people are silly. Mm -hmm. But apparently the newspaper was excommunicated in the 60s or something, or maybe the staff was. Have I been excommunicated? If that's the case, yeah. have I been excommunicated by working there? Um, so you can't excommunicate a paper. I mean, they could have done something like the National Catholic Reporter is not allowed to call itself Catholic. They've said that a lot. Yeah. Yes. A lot of bishops have said that. So maybe them. they mean that. Um, I mean, you can excommunicate people. But I don't know if you could... I mean, excommunicate an institution? No, I don't think it's a thing. Oh. I doubt that's a thing. Um, yeah. And also, uh, so have you ever confessed working at the National Catholic Reporter? <laughs> I, <laughs> ever I, brought that to confession? I haven't. No, I, I always maintained, um, uh, I, like, I, I always followed my conscience there, and I never was forced to do anything against my conscience. There. Yeah. All my reporting is good. It's still on there. Yeah. Um, you like, never, like, vouch for anti-Catholic teaching? No, no. I I broke the story on the release of the African American Catholic Youth Bible. Huffington Post picked it up. That's that's Huffington Post picked up your article. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of. I cool. started getting hate mail because <laughs> they're like, "Why do you need a black Bible?" I'm like, "I just reported that it happened. This is a thing that happened, and I'm reporting on it." There's pictures of black Jesus. He had blue eyes. I'm like, "This is so weird." But wow. like, hate mail from across the country, hundreds and hundreds of emails saying, "Why did you do this?" I'm like. Because it's it's, it's I, th I think it's good. It's a news thing. <laughs> it's, it's a story. Yeah. Also, you have a copy. They gave you a copy for reporting the story, though. Yeah, they did. That's kind of neat. Yeah, the National Catholic Black Conference did. Um, yeah, the bishop sent me one. That was nice of him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> People are crazy. That, that's like one of the funny <laughs> stories I reported on, but. No, I have never confessed it, no. I like when, because I've seen you sometimes tell people you work for the National Catholic Reporter. They poop their pants. They do. They're like, oh no, what kind of Catholic am I dealing with? And I go, <laughs> Every interview I've ever done, I remember I, I told uh, our, our bishop, and he just, he had the, like, the straightest face. He has a good poker it. face in yeah. meetings. Like, he was just trying to feel me out, but then I, I, I just let him know, I'm like, oh, I'm a pretty conservative, you know, Orthodox Catholic. You know, yeah. I just worked there because it had the word Catholic in it. Yeah, you know? and it was a job out of college. Yeah, uh, John Allen worked there, and I liked the work that John Allen did. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was that was that was pretty neat. Okay. Um, so Manella, just just go to your local parish and go to confession. I think she has some kind of alter alter alternative Al ulterior ulterior motive. She Which wants to convince the Pope to do something else. To, to, to change a Catholic teaching. Oh, I got a text message. Oh, it's my mom. Oh, what did mom say? Hi. Your polos are in. She bought me polos. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, she's, she's a nice lady. She's nice. She bought me a polo because I asked um, her to. So the Pope, I mean, the one thing I will say about Pope Francis is that he pretty much does what he wants. I don't think Madonna's going to convince him otherwise. That's true. <laughs> Maybe it's just a silly tweet. But who knows? 
Our next tweet comes from at Papa Sharapa. Oh. In communion with those whose memory we venerate, especially the ever-Virgin Mary, Mother of our God and Lord Jesus Christ, and Blessed Joseph, her spouse. Most of your blessed... Uh, that's not what he tweeted. Okay. Her, her spouse, your <laughs> blessed apostles and martyrs, Peter, Paul, John, Ringo, George, Thomas, James, <laughs> Philip, and all the saints. <laughs> I did not see you tweet this. <laughs> let's say... Let's say you're at like a 6 a.m. mass oh. and you throw the Beatles... You throw the Beatles into, into the, the cannon? <laughs> Who would notice? How many people would notice? Oh, I will, I'll tell you this. It's Ringo for me. Like, that's the one that would throw me. Um, so, um, our preachers who go to our 7 o'clock mass, they go there because they like it. These are morning people for the most part. Um, they would notice. <laughs> they would notice. Also, that's a severe liturgical abuse. No matter how funny it is. <laughs> Why do they pick the, the saints, like, in Eucharistic prayer? This is from yeah. Eucharistic prayer one. Yeah. Why do they pick the saints that they do? Like, why can't they put Ignatius of not Antioch and put Ignatius of Loyola in there. Okay, so um, if you want to throw in that crusade, you use uh, Eucharistic Prayer 3. There's actually a spot for that in the rubrics. No way! So for the feast day, or if uh, there's a patron of your church or whatever, you can throw in the saints um, in Eucharistic Prayer 3. So a lot of times people will do that. Um, Eucharistic Prayer 1 is actually our oldest Eucharistic Prayer. People will think it's 2 are very silly. Um, and uh, it's the more or less, from what I understand, is basically those, I mean, it's from Rome, and those were the saints that were venerated early on in Rome, which is interesting because some of them are Eastern saints. Wow. And it's kind of one of those things that, like, we've been doing it for a long time, and this is the list. So we can't add anyone new? Maybe Madonna wants to add new saints to the canon. Yeah, like Ringo. Like Ringo. Who's not a saint. <laughs> uh, but also, uh, oh wait. Um, He's also not dead. No, I mean, you, I mean, Pope Francis... Not not so Pope Benedict though not to Eucharistic prayer one he added uh, Saint Joseph to the other Eucharistic prayers because Joseph I'd say was in Eucharistic prayer. Uh, yeah. Pretty good move. I mean I think Benedict was like, hey, this is the patron of the Universal Church. Maybe we should put him in the other Eucharistic prayers. Did he get much pushback? Do you think? No, people like Joseph. I mean, I'm sure there's some crazies, but like Joseph's dope. Nice. Okay, our next tweet comes from at fr Grum Grumbatch. Grumbitch. Father Tim. Father Fatim. Fatim. He says, fasting, prayer, penance. It cannot be driven out without fasting, prayer, and penance. He's referring to uh, to like the problem of mass shootings. Oh wow! And most people are like the the common thing on Twitter because Twitter is full of people who say this. It is this. Don't give me none of your prayers and stuff. Now, mm -hmm. I know what they're doing. They're attacking the, the poli politics, not policy, but the politics of certain politicians who say, oh, prayers, that's all we can do. But I get bummed out because I think prayer works. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think he's saying, like, look, prayer actually works. And I, I'm, I'm a fan um, Nick, you, you poured me a nice bourbon before the show. I, did. I said, hey, Nick, do you want to start the cold open? And then you just took over the podcast. And uh, because my day off, I'm letting this happen. And then you went to Summa Tweetologica, yeah. which is we haven't done in a while. And I, I talked to you about different uh, tweets I want to read for um, our call-in section. 
And uh, you went from the tweet about Madonna to um, a tweet about uh, school shootings. Not, not, but we did liturgy in between. Yes, we did do liturgy in between. <laughs> okay. So I guess a few, I mean, okay, so I'm going to go off on this a little bit. One of the most disappointing things about this tragedy, other than, of course, like just the pure evil, death, and sorrow, um, is that immediately running into camps about this sort of stuff um, where like what should bring us together in compassion and love immediately even fractures us even more um, and i'm not gonna get into policy stuff because that's not the place for this podcast um, but uh, i did sort of i have been kind of not preaching on this specifically but kind of mentioning this about the evil in the world and how anything can be taken away from us at any point in time um, and i do believe it is our duty to spread the kingdom of God. Um, there is, uh, I mean, there is so much pain in our culture. Um, and I see it all the time, whether you're on Twitter or anything else. Uh, and it's sad to see Catholics immediately go to whatever camp they want to belong in instead of really realizing that people need to know that they are loved. Um, people need to know that this world is not our home. Um, and don't get me wrong. I have opinions on policy and stuff that things that should be changed and can be changed. And there's a place for that. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but what sticks out to you yeah. is is the profound hurt that no one's addressing, that everyone's bottling down. And yep. it just explodes at moments like this. Yeah. And it's also it's also tough because... The human brain isn't capable of dealing with this kind of evil. Like, how many shootings have we had in the last, like, month or whatever? How many people died? Like, we're not—our brains aren't wired to, like, deal with this kind of insane evil. And so it breaks our brains, and we act all crazy because of it. Um, and it's, it's just really sad. So, uh, yeah, we do need conversion of hearts, prayer, fasting, um, and all that. Uh because the only thing that can ultimately heal us is Christ. In the meantime, as we're spreading the gospel, are there policy decisions that need to be made? Absolutely. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a good thing. Sure. Um, but I guess it shows you how important the gospel really is. Um, because without the cross of Christ, I don't know how you go forward. I don't. Yeah. It's like, it's almost like a... Like, I have everything together. And then suddenly you realize you don't and everything is thrown into panic. Yeah. Like that's a, what it looks like on the personal level. But on a societal level, it's it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, what was Jesus says, like, uh, peace I give to you, not as the world gives, I give it to you. Yeah. The peace of the world is peace of circumstance. When things are going well, when your job is going well, things like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's a nice thing to have. But the problem with it is that it's so fragile and can be taken away at any moment for any reason. The peace of Christ is an interior peace so that no matter what happens or what is taken away from you, you still have that peace. So if I have the worst day of my life, yeah. um, no matter what the circumstance is, to have the peace of Christ is like, yes, this is really, 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 really bad. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't mean you're not sorrowful. This is the one thing. People think, like, if I had enough faith, I wouldn't be sad about this thing. And we literally, like, have, like, chaplets and prayers to the seven sorrows of Mary. Like, <laughs> she had all the faith. It doesn't mean you're not sad or whatever. But there is this kind of hope that sustains us and that can bring us through it.
Catholics are pretty good at the, the cross thing. Uh, they should be. They're supposed to be. Hopefully. You mm. know what I think we're really bad at? What? The resurrection thing. Oh, absolutely. Everyone's like, oh, I love the cross. Give me more suffering. It's what I deserve. And I'm like, hey, he also rose. Yeah. You know, no. You're 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 pretty you're a pretty good guy. <laughs> I, um, I mean, it's not it's not whether or not you're a good guy. It's that Christ loves you. Um, and I do think that's why the Easter season is longer, because for Catholics who are actually striving, um, I think it's far easier to understand the cross than it is to understand freedom. And freedom can be a more terrifying thing than the cross. Um, I think one of the most difficult things in spiritual life is accepting how much God actually loves you. Mm. Um, so I agree with that. Father Anthony, would you like to take back your podcast? Yeah, I would like to. Uh, what segment do you want to do? Uh, Name it. Any segment. I'll do it. <laughs> let's do. Let's do the index. I don't read books. Oh, no. It's finally here. The index. When the index comes to town, we take your books and we burn them. I'm reading a book right now called The Body Keeps the Score. It's about trauma. But it's not a very fun book to talk about. <laughs> I hope it helps me with ministry. But it's just like, hey, have you been through traumatic stuff? That's going to affect how you react to stuff in the future. Yeah. Do you think that's true? It is. Um, and we talk about trauma. But instead... Okay, fine, fine. Instead, does it does it make the index or not? Um, I think it's very... I think it can be a part of the healing process to learn what trauma is. So as to give that trauma to Jesus in an appropriate way... That is healing for your particular circumstances so that you may be free of things. I mean, yes, but on a more basic, like psychological level, understanding yourself more. And it's like, hey, it's not my fault that I relive this thing in my body. <laughs> it's like knowing yourself is important to to Jesus healing you. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's it's all spiritual. But what if I just want to ignore myself and just do what I want? And never think about things in, in retrospect. I mean, have fun being sad, I guess. <laughs> That's great. All right. Now, now what, what's the next one you want to do? I want you to put in the bumper for the index. because I'm, I'm, I'm going heard. to. I'm going to. Okay. 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 Since you've done that, now anything, it's time anything. for theological. Wait, no. You know what? You know what? This is Nick Podcast. You know what? Let's call up Sister Teresa. Let's have her on the show. And now it's time to... with Sister Teresa Lathia. Yay! I don't think we, I don't have her number! Play the bumper. She's, she's in Rome! She didn't answer. Well, that's because you called her. She's not going to be on the podcast unless Father Harrison and I are on. Oh, no! Yeah. I, I guess we're, we're, we're acquaintances on Twitter. We, I wouldn't even call us, call us friends. She's rejected you I've, and I've our podcast. I've never met her. Yep. Okay, what's the next segment? Bring it! Okay, <laughs> the next segment. Is it is... the one where you guys are moving? Like, I made one bumper <laughs> once for when you were both moving assignments. Let's hit it! Whoa! 
One more song about priests moving assignments. Told on this podcast to you. If bishops didn't transfer them, they would stay and pray the mass just for you. But they're so far away. Moving mountains of books and stuff. Get a U-Haul. Father Harrison is moving to Montreal. I I think that's where he is in Canada, but I don't know. Uh, so so far away. <laughs> uh, oh, that was tough. <laughs> This is going to take so long to edit. I have to find <laughs> these old insignificant okay. files. It's, Tuesday. it's Wednesday. You got time. To the law! Canon! Law! Emergency! You know, the great thing is that um, I, was, I had my last RCA class, and I was just like telling people how amazing your bumpers are. Yeah. And I think I was just talking with uh, our friend Aaron and just like how brilliant all your bumpers are, mm. um, including the one about movie reviews. <laughs> get your popcorn, get your soda, get your absolution, especially if it's rated R. It's now time for this week's Magisterial Movie Review. And now it's time for my favorite bumper I've ever made, Pastoral Council, where the laity get to give their opinions on things. Ugh. And now it's time for Pastoral Council, where the laity are empowered to say words. Oh, yippee! Good for you, lay people! You have opinions! Father Anthony, are you ready for, for my opinion on something in the church? No. We played the bumper. I have to give an opinion <laughs> okay, give on an opinion. something give in one the church. Opinion. Okay, here it is. Um, church, uh, lay people like to collect priests. Some do. They. It's the weirdest thing. They're like... Oh, do you know what Father Whatever's up to? He had dinner at my house, and he told me this. And I'm like, this feels dirty. Yeah. Oh, I know Father Whoever. He's at this place. No, 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 no. He's at this parish now. You know, the bishop wanted him there for this and that reason. It's the weirdest thing ever. There's, uh, like, especially church workers, they love knowing a lot of priests. Mm -hmm. They love collecting them. They love having their phone numbers. Has that happened to you? Have you had weird? Yeah, there's a few things there. So there are the priest collectors, but there's also just like a, uh, even among, this happens a lot among priests as well. This desire to know what's up in the diocese, right? Because that's a, if you know what's going on in the diocese, it gives you the feeling of power. Mm. Um, but uh, no, there's, I remember very distinctly, um, there was an unnamed parish assignment, unnamed people um, went to the house for dinner. It was very nice. Um, and then uh, went out to dinner with them again. And that's when I began to feel dirty because they were like pressing me for information and in like an inappropriate way. And just like, oh, I'm being used because I'm a priest. Um, Ooh. Yeah. No, no, and also people like straight up have, you know, different places have been like, um, father was my priest friend. So now you're going to be my priest friend. 
And I was Ooh. like, no, <laughs> I don't know you. And that's not how you make friends. <laughs> like it's so it's, it can be a very weird thing. It doesn't make you feel dirty. So if you want, if someone listening to this is all like, Hey, I would like to, um, I'd like to be friends with someone like a, a bishop, like an Australian bishop. Would you just play this bumper to be his friend? <laughs> when I interview bishops, it makes me nervous. I bet he wears a really nice surplus. Interviewing bishop bumpers. Shrimp on the Barbie. Making memes of countless numbers. Boomerang. With his crozier sheep he gathers. Kangaroo. Teacher of faith. I think, I, I think all bishops do that, right? They all punch heretics. Oh man, that's a, that's, we, that one was really good. That's one of my favorites. That's when we interviewed Bishop, <laughs> Bishop Umbers. Bishop Umbers. Land down Umber. I think my favorite one though was when Father Harrison got something wrong and we played this. <laughs> wrong, wrong, wrong. yourself <laughs> you're doing this to yourself oh no wait okay so i want to go back for a second because go back to what we we played a bumper we need to remind people where we were okay we were at um pastoral council oh uh, yeah, okay. yeah okay should so we like, play it again or no no no, no just keep going just get to it. once is enough okay okay that being said sometimes people hear this and they're like, oh, no, I'm afraid to invite that priest over for dinner now because I don't want to be that guy. No, no, no. Don't get me wrong. I love going to family's houses for dinner, mm -hmm. right? So if you just want to, like, get to know your priest, um, that's great. Mm. It's when you're using your priest as a tool, which is weird. Or using him to gain power, which is weird. If you're just, like, a, a family or whatever, and you're like, I want to invite Father to dinner, we love that. That's great. That's cool. Because that's just, we, we want to get to know our parishioners. It's like mm -hmm. anything. Like, you wouldn't invite someone over just to use them because that's dirty and weird. Um, yeah. So, don't hesitate to invite your priest but over. But what do dinner. I make him for dinner? Um, for me, uh, as long as I have vegetables, I'm happy. <laughs> Dino nuggets with waffle fries. I mean, that sounds amazing. <laughs> um, so is it appropriate to like just start asking theological questions like about the theology of the human person? And now it's time for theology of the human person. You have human dignity. Guys and girls are different. Full, total, faithful, fruitful. Yeah. <laughs> ah, full, total, faithful, fruitful. <laughs> if people understood agape love, I think the whole world would change. Love is love is like saying pretzels is pretzels. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> toilets is toilets. Like, no, love is sacrificial, man. Like, you, you, you like, love hurts. That might be my next bumper. Um, singing that song that goes love hurts and stuff. Yeah, love does hurt, though.
I mean, look at the crucifix and the cross. <laughs> it, I, I'm, I'm looking through my files <laughs> to see if we missed any bumpers. Remember your death? We did that Remember one. Bishop Barron speaks on clerically speaking. You did have some theological emergencies that you wanted to get to. Let's let's tone down the silliness for just a second, and um, uh, uh, and and do theological emergencies. Thank you for calling Clerically Speaking. If this is truly a theological emergency, please dial one at any time. Hi, I flushed my goldfish down the toilet, and I wanted to know, is that a sin? Theological Emergency. We'll take your call at 412-912-7995. Nick, it's not up to us to tone down um, the silliness, depending on what questions we have. Oh, yeah. I mean, if the, if the questions are silly, then that's, that's totally all right. Hello, Father Harrison and Father Anthony, and thank you for your attention. This is Joel from Cleveland, Ohio, and my question is this. Is creating and sharing memes, Catholic memes specifically, an act of worship if they help spread the message of Jesus Christ? Thank you, and I'll hang up and listen. Come on down to Cleveland Town, everyone. Under construction since 1868, uh, buy a house for the price of a VCR. Na uh, Cleveland leads the nation in drifters. Their main export in Cleveland is crippling depression. Joel, if that is your real name, before we even get to your question, why do you live in Cleveland? That's a great question because Pittsburgh is so close. Um, and like, why would you even go to Cleveland for any reason? Like, why would you go to a college in Cleveland? Like in the 1940s, <laughs> Cleveland and Pittsburgh had this conversation. They were like, Cleveland's like, yeah, I'm doing steel. And Pittsburgh's like, we're doing steel too, but we're thinking about going into like universities and technology. And Cleveland was like, to heck with that. We're sticking with steel. And so like, they were just a little bit behind as far as becoming a nice place to live. That being said, <laughs> as much as we have a moral obligation to rag on Cleveland because that's what Pittsburghers do, we also have a lot of wonderful family members in Cleveland. Oh, yeah. I, I actually love Cleveland. Yeah, I went exactly to school nice. at John Carroll. Uh, people don't like Cleveland. to admit how really similar Pittsburgh and Cleveland are. Oh, they're just it's the same towns. kind. It's just the same kind of people. Yeah, it's the Brown Steelers rivalry from the from the early '90s that I don't know anything about. Which really hasn't been a rivalry since we've been alive. Ooh, dis. <laughs> it just hasn't. <laughs> no, the, the Browns are getting better. Um, Back uh, to the question. Yeah, so, memes. Memes are worship. Um, so, are Joel, if that is your real name, I doubt it is. Um, are memes worship? Um, so obviously the answer is no. And I'm kind of disappointed in you for even asking this question. Uh, I would be ashamed of it. Um, oh, because worship proper, speaking, happens in the holy sacrifice of the mass. Um, so it's certainly not worship. That being said, posting uh, memes to make uh, your priests laugh, that's a great thing to do. 
you know, you're building up the kingdom and, and giving energy and life to your priests. That's great. Um, is it a method of evangelization? I think on the lowest, most basic level, yes, because humor can be a great way to open people up to ideas. Um, this is one of the most fascinating things about our culture right now is that people will believe t really dumb conspiracies if you can make a meme that's funny enough. I say, let's use that power for good <laughs> and make good Catholic memes. Now, the, the difficult thing is sometimes when you make memes for a Catholic audience, um, you can actually put off non-Catholics and actually make them more hesitant toward being open to the gospel. So it depends on what kind of memes you're making. If you're making in-house memes, keep them in-house, right? Mm. And they should always be done in charity. Um, but also just a good, genuine, funny meme that's Catholic and can actually reach a wider audience on a very small, very simple level. I think that helps build up the kingdom. I think that helps evangelize a little bit. Um, we are in a weird place culturally <laughs> where <laughs> probably the most prolific and major art form <laughs> is memes. Yeah. And so in a weird way, we should be able to speak that language. <laughs> when I one day am a pastoral associate oh, at a parish. I'm and not going to allow you to do that. A youth minister applies to the parish and I'm going over resumes. The resumes will all be memes. <laughs> like if I am working at Show me the memes. <laughs> a national bank, yeah. <laughs> I work at JP Morgan. I think that's a bank. Yeah, I, I don't think know. It is. And I'll be like, well, this meme wasn't as good. I'm a millennial. Um, actually, I, that'd, be, that'd be really funny. Well, I mean, it's fascinating because when we are like in our 60s, I bet there's still going to be memes. And if you look at Gen Z memes and how weird they are, they're very weird. What's the next level of meme? I can't wait till I don't understand it and say that these kids these days are something. Listen, I don't understand most memes, which is part of the reason why I love them. Because it's this new language I get to discover. Hmm. Um, Back in my day, we had a butterfly and a guy pointing at it. And it, <laughs> and it was like, is this the thing? <laughs> the, the first thing that we had were those like memes with like, there'd be like two colors and they'd be like, um, uh, they'd be like awkward penguin, and that little kid who has a fist of sand, and he's like, Meow. oh yeah, he's all okay, angry. Sorry, we're doing the thing where we try to describe visuals on a podcast. Let's yeah. go to the next question. <laughs> Hi, my theological emergency. By the way, this is Nick from Pittsburgh. My theological emergency um, is this: Why is it that we are allowed? Uh, that priests are allowed to do conditional baptisms. But if you try to confirm someone, you get your, uh, your, your priestly powers revoked. Why is that? Why, why can't, why can't you conditionally one, but you can conditionally baptize someone? And why are the consequences so bad? Okay, okay, bye. You know what? That person actually sounds like a Nick. No, it's definitely not. No, that person definitely sounds like his name is Nick. Well, the question is is so dumb that I wouldn't want to like assume that he would use his real name for such a terrible question. You know what? His name more sounds like a Tim. <laughs> <laughs> so Nick, if that is your real name. Well, Nick, how about... Since this question doesn't come from you, how about you take a swing at it? 
Well, you know, normally I have a really good Catholic gut. Yeah. And I can just answer things, you know, at least give them a a stab. Mm -hmm. Confirmation is a sacrament that basically just does this. The, The bishop's like, yeah, that was a good baptism. Slap you in the face. That's all it is. Wow. So, you, you know, if you slap someone in the face too many times, uh, it's going to mess up their jaw. So you can't conditionally do that. I have no idea because if you can conditionally baptize, that seems like the bigger sacrament of the two. If I okay. had to like. Okay. You took a stab in the dark and you hit a puppy with that answer. That's what you did. <laughs> well, did, did, it, did it deserve it? No. No, it didn't, Nick. You stabbed an innocent puppy. Wish I stabbed a deer. Yeah, that that would deserve it. Baptism is essential for salvation. Yeah. Okay. Now, can God work extra sacramentally if he so desires? Yes. We're putting that aside. Let's stay with the basics. Um, It is essential for salvation. Uh, If there is serious doubt that a person was baptized... It's only like it has to be serious doubt that the baptism was valid. Um, And this is something sometimes we deal with in RCIA. So let's say that um, a person was baptized in a church and there's no video evidence. There's no recorded evidence. And in that Protestant church, they baptize usually in the name of the creator, sanctifier and redeemer. Okay, incorrect formula. In that case, I would say there's enough evidence or there's enough, there's sufficient doubt where you would need to conditionally baptize, right? Because some mm-hmm. bapti- ba- some baptisms in that church were done in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, some weren't. Um, the reason why we do conditional baptisms is because baptism is so essential to salvation. And the reason why I do it conditionally is because we don't believe in rebaptism. Mm. So it would be an insult to the Lord to like rebaptize someone in the Catholic mindset, right? Um, you've been made a child of God in baptism. That's not something we can ever take away. Uh, so that's the reason why we do sometimes conditional baptism, um, or if we have video evidence, it's, it's sad. It's sad, Nick, because you know, what's the literally the easiest sacrament to do baptism. You say, I baptize you in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit. And you pour water. Yeah. And literally because it's so essential for salvation, anyone can do it. Yeah. A Muslim. If they have, like, I want to do whatever the Catholic Church means by baptism. I don't even believe in baptism, but I want to do what they want to do. And they pour water and they say the right words. You're baptized. Wait, if a Muslim wasn't baptized, they can baptize? Yes, a pagan can baptize. That's weird. That yes. that, that strikes me. Okay, okay. But they have, I mean, in that case, they have the, have the intention to do what the church wants to do. That's like that's ever happened in history ever. I think absolutely. I think it probably happens um, a lot of times in uh, hospitals where someone is aware what Catholics want and will do it. They'll just do it. Yeah. Uh, Has it happened before? I'm sure it has. It's probably very rare. It's mostly Catholics. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Um, Because other Protestant denominations, depending on the denomination, some don't see baptism as essential like we do. People are going to freak out when they hear that. Yeah, yeah. So, like, literally anyone can baptize. That being said, let's make a um, uh, don't go running around baptizing people. Mm. Um, So We've talked about this before. Yes, but just to make sure that people are aware. So, first of all, if they're old enough... Um, they have to consent to it. <laughs> yeah. And also, even if they're little tiny babies, um, you, they should be baptized 
with the understanding that there is hope for them to um, fulfill the obligations of the church. Yeah. So if you're a nice holy grandma, and there's so many of them in our church, and I love them all because mm-hmm. they're great. They keep the church alive. Um, and they want to baptize their granddaughter, but there's nobody ever going to bring their granddaughter to mass or bring them into the faith. Then you don't want to baptize them. I know that seems, but like to to baptize them gives them both the obligations as well as the gifts of baptism. This isn't. This is a thing that happens. I know people who said, yep. "Yeah, my mom just told me that she baptized my niece and nephew." Mm-hmm. Um, in a bathtub one day because the parents won't raise him Catholic. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's just one person that I know. Yeah. No, I'm that sure probably that happens. happens a lot. And the thing is, like, we do have to have trust that God will take care of them. Yeah. So you just, you have to be, also, one of the thing is, we love recording things in the Catholic Church. Oh, yeah. This is part of the reason, this is part of the one of the things we stole from Rome is that we love writing things down. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you do conditionally baptize, uh, okay, let's say you, okay, I had friends who during COVID uh, and early as COVID when everything was crazy, everything was shut down. They didn't want to wait to have their baby baptized. Fair. So they can, they baptize their baby. Mm-hmm. Um, then when the church opens up, they can bring the child to church and uh, I forget exactly what it's called, but you do all the extra rites Oh, so you make it fancy. Yeah. So you go to the church. There's some good prayers and good oils and yes. things. Yes, you get the oils and stuff. You kind of complete the prayers and stuff. And that's a nice thing to do. Right. Also, if you conditionally... I keep saying conditionally baptize. If you baptize, um, you should make sure that's recorded in whatever church jurisdiction you're in. Right. That's the one book of uh, Revelation that um, historical critical people say that was actually taken out. Was that when Jesus comes back... He rounds up all the parish secretaries. Mm-hmm. Anthony, what does he do next? Well, he asks them for the books. And he wants to know their records. So if you're written down in the parish books, then you go to heaven. If you're not, then you go straight to hell. Like a high-speed train straight down to hell. If you're a parish secretary and you're listening to this podcast, so many people's salvation relies on you. You know, to be honest, is actually the responsibility of the priest to record those things. Oh, I don't know a single one who ever. No, the old guys did. I saw Christina Aguilera's um, sacramental book. Yeah, yeah. She goes to a church. Uh, she no, not not goes. She was baptized and confirmed at Saint Alphonsus in Wexford. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She there went to our high school. She did. Which is funny because when she messed up the national anthem, she's like, yeah, North Allegheny educated. And it's like, aw. <laughs> <laughs> There's also a story, I don't know if it's true or not, that I knew some guy who apparently went to high school with her. And so during the prom, they played um, Genie in a Bottle because she was still in high school when she... Really? Yeah. This may or may not be true. But apparently because when they played that, the dance floor cleared. Oh, because she was popular. High school's the worst. Isn't it? Just why wouldn't you just rejoice in the fact that this person's becoming famous and right? stuff? If my buddy like published a big pop song, I'd be like, "Yeah, let's get you. Let's go to my favorite jam." What? Here's my next Christina Aguilera story. Okay. Um, <laughs> because because we because we have them. My choir teacher was interviewed by E. You know, E exclamation point the cha- channel E yeah, exclamation entertainment, point. Yeah. For like one of the what was it called? The documentaries they used to do. 
They used to do documentaries. Uh, a true Hollywood story. Or is it behind the music? Okay, well, no, yeah, it's a true Hollywood story. Yeah. And they interviewed him, and they were like, "Like, so how was she in choir class?" And he said, "He said, oh, she was the best in that year by far, but not the best talent that's come through our school." <laughs> and they were like, "No, no, 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 she was a prodigy, right? Like, no, don't get me wrong, she was great, but we've had Broadway singers coming through our school, and this our our choir teacher was in The Letterman, so he he knew what fame looked like. Yeah, he made it." <laughs> and they didn't use the interview <laughs> because they wanted it to be like she's one of a kind and of course she is of right. course she is she's so talented but like he was like yeah we, we had other people come through we're just as good yeah Christina Aguilera okay, okay. podcast okay Patricia Nick we were talking about conditional oh okay so <laughs> confirmation in the Roman Rite has been reserved to the bishop historically speaking this is a way to kind of unite all the baptized to the bishop. In the East, they do different things. So any priests in the Eastern Catholic Church can confirm. A lot of times this happens when they're babies. Priests in the Roman Rite can get permission to confirm. So there's kind of a, I don't know if this is diocesan or universal, but uh, basically a priest during the Easter Vigil can confirm. You know, the pastor can do that. Um, and let's say I know somebody who is a good Catholic. They just never got confirmed for whatever reason. I can request permission from the bishop to do that. Um, so um, it's not essential to salvation. And so you can't run around doing sacraments you don't have permission to do. Mm -hmm. Like if I ran around ordaining priests, one, there's a little bit of an argument whether I have the power to do that. But the point is I can't try to do sacraments. So I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> but uh, uh, so, yeah. So you can't usurp the authority and power of a bishop as a priest. That's bad. Yeah, but even when the bishop, the bishop can't conditionally um, confirm someone. Otherwise, he can't do bishop things anymore. Where did you read this? It's in, it's in canon law. We looked it up because we're like, hey, why were you baptized? This kid said, oh, I was baptized in, um, in an Eastern church. Okay. And so we, we, we said, you might be confirmed. You so we called, we called the diocese. Yeah. And uh, we called the, one of the canon lawyers and they said, whatever you do, do not have, uh, at the time our pastor was doing it, do not have Father, J <laughs> excuse me, I'm trying to talk. So do not have Father Jay confirm him. Yeah. It's very bad news if, if you confirm him. And, and well, I mean, that'd be bad news in, I wish we had Ed Condon on, uh, he could help us out or JD Flynn, but we already uh, played his bumper. So yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, uh, like one that would be like terribly politically, if you will, because you'd be saying that Eastern confirmation isn't as valid as Roman confirmation. And that's a whole big the big no oh, no 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 they, they think it's super duper valid exactly so but like if we the were kid to... didn't know that he was confirmed at his baptism yeah so they've gone to all these confirmation classes yeah while confirmed yeah you should not reconfirm because um, it does leave an indelible mark like baptism it's fascinating but why can't you conditionally do it because oh why okay because stone weird. cold said so yes all right i'm gonna tweet at a canon lawyer and ask yeah maybe we'll get some information on this neat well, I think it's time for one of my favorite segments. It's What Are the Two Priests Watching? What are the two priests watching? When they don't podcast, they are tuning in to Catholic TV and EWTN. And if they threw a party and 
Batman or something. Stupid. Gosh. <sighs> How many episodes? How many times have you used them once? Twice? The once. Just once. <laughs> I try to throw in some really rare <laughs> That's ones. Some in deep there. cuts. Yeah, like there's some on here that are I uh, man, there, there's like a two year anniversary Suma thing, and I'm not doing that one. Cause it's just a lot. Uh, did you do the Suma where you did it for like thirty ten minutes? Yeah, no, it must have been three minutes. But yeah. I, you know, we've done pastoral council. We've done uh, not clerically speaking. I don't know what that is. Mailbag. Oh yeah. Mailbag. 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 Finally, a bumper that's under thirty seconds. Yeah. Mailbag. I don't know. I okay. So something with mailbag because I want to mention this, um, and okay. I don't have my notes in front of me. You have the computer. Okay. But uh, a few weeks ago, we did a question about clown masses. Oh yeah, yeah. They're uh, those clown are bad. ministry, and yeah. there was a guy who was asking us about. Uh, hey, he found this book on clown ministry. This was a couple months ago. And should he burn it or throw it in the garbage? The dude sent me the book, Nick. No way. He actually sent me the book. Was now, it, was the intent, could you, and not, not that you can sense an author's intent, but did it seem like they're honestly trying to do ministry? Absolutely. Oh, wow. That's it's totally, totally, I, I flipped through it. Now, it's not a Catholic book. Yeah. Um, which is interesting why it's at a Catholic retreat center. Yeah. Um, but there is a history of clown masses and we won't get into that. Um, but it's, it's. The beginning has like a theological justification for clown masses, and it's so flimsy and weird. And they have like different examples of clown ministers, and they have their different names and stuff. And it's horrifying. I know I was joking that I wanted the book, but I feel like my rectory is now cursed forever <laughs> because I have yeah. that book. I think the only way you can bless that book is if you burn it. You know, um, holy water might not do it. You know, I, mean, I am going to keep it, but it it scares me. But anyway, for that uh, person whose name may or may not be real, thank you for sending me. That's very kind and very funny. Next. He also sent me the bingo sheet uh, they talked about. So anyway, great. I loved it. Also, I hated it. Next time you go to the seminary to mm -hmm. preach to the seminarians, because we do have rotating priests go to the seminary I've done it before. To, to preach to the seminarians, which yeah. I think is pretty cool. So you get to see a lot of different preaching styles, meet a lot of the other guys that hopefully you'll be yeah um we'll, we'll be mentoring you mm -hmm. hopefully um you should just read from it <laughs> for the homily. it's funny because uh, i like with the rector there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny last time i went to the seminary i preached and, and there was n i think the spiritual director was there but nobody else was um but uh, that would be fascinating but the thing is i want to be able to go back because i very much enjoy doing that for our guys um so i won't be bringing the book mm. You think that's good enough for a podcast? I think so. Oh, we should explain. Why is Father Harrison not here? He's not here because he's on retreat this week. So uh, by the time you hear this, he'll be just ending his retreat. But pray for Father Harrison anyway. Yeah. Also, pray for us. Yeah. Pray for Indy. Uh, pray for my daughter. She's really cute. She was cute today. She, yeah. She's cute every day. Thank you for listening. That's my you impression. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I try to make sure it's like the same like intonation. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Okay, so we've done enough stuff. You know the deal. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. God bless.